Welcome to the Pool Scene Podcast. Somewhere in time, here we are on the precipice of tomorrow. It's swim shorts, coast to coast, AM in the Northeast of Ohio at whatever time we are reporting from. I'm not Art Bell, or am I? Call me Jim and remember your name because your time is now Kevin from Austin Town. You're on Coast to Coast. I believe I was abducted by aliens. I so I started training to become a pro wrestler in the summer of 2007. I, I think it was 2007. It may have been 2006. So we trained for months and months. We worked some shows that our trainer got us. But like once we were comfortable enough. For all of us to go out on our own, we did what people do who are trying to make it in wrestling or stand-up or any kind of entertainment. So we started taking as many bookings as we could possibly take. And for whatever reason, we had a lot of booking opportunities in West Virginia. Where we are in Youngstown, Ohio, you can get to parts of West Virginia in an hour. But those aren't where we were getting booked. We were getting booked like driving three or four hours and literally without the promise of money, just like trying to get our names out there. So some of these shows were a few hundred people in high school gyms. Some were in like a truck garage next to some train tracks. One of the big shows I wrestled in West Virginia was actually supposed to have Ric Flair's son, Reed. But he no-showed, and it turned out he no-showed because he died. Which was a weird, sort of like eerie thing that was like, hey, I was supposed to wrestle... Last night on a show with a guy who didn't show and he was found dead. So I trained with a guy named Ryan who happened to, like, I grew up with and, and, you know, we're friends. We did backyard together. We shared some of the same wrestling dreams. So in what may have been my last times wrestling in West Virginia, Ryan and I were booked to do this little tour. Like, I think it was four shows in three days, something like that. The first night we got there, some of the guys on the show were doing an autograph signing in a mall at like a sports memorabilia, sports card place. So we just got to like dick around the mall. And I remember like we were nobodies. And I remember the promoter of the show ended up paying for us to eat along with everybody else at the show. And he was like pissed about it because like we weren't invited, but like we were with our trainer. Anyway, long story short. So the last show on the tour was in like a weird little building in a high school gym that they had like forgot to tear down. So on that show, the legend Bobby Eaton himself wrestled Ricky Landell. Ricky Landell, no relationship to Buddy Landell. Ricky was like an indie guy who went on to, after a year in the business, he trained in Japan and eventually wrestled in Ring of Honor. He was a tag team partner with Steve Carino and a number of places. But I would just say, the night before, I got to hang out with Bobby Eaton. And I will say, he did not think much of Ricky Landell. And one of the greatest things is, is Bobby Eaton, one of my heroes, said to me, like, man, I really wish I could drop this belt to you instead of this other guy. So this sounds like a wrestling story, but I promise I'm getting there. We did a six-man tag against literally some juggalos and a guy named Scotty McKeever. It was pretty fun, actually. So after the show, we gather our stuff, we get cleaned up, like whatever we need to do, and we're going to hit the road to head home. So the catch was, this show was like early in the day. 
because the building we were in had no electricity or at least no working electricity. So the sun is still out at this point and the sho- there were showers in the basement. They did not work. But like literally, once the sun went down, you were going to be in pitch black if you were in this building. So we're in this. It's starting to get dark. We're in the basement, starting at dark. So we we're like, we got to get out of here. So it, it's a race to get out before the sun goes down. So we're leaving the show. The next moment, it's dark, pitch black outside. I'm parked on the side of the road with Ryan's in the passenger seat. And there are three huge lights, circular lights in the sky, red, green, blue. And we're trying to figure out if they're attached to like a factory or are they on wires? But like, to me, they're way too high in the sky to be attached to a factory and they're too large. So I don't understand what they're doing there. They're just floating. They're not moving or nothing like that. They're just stationary, huge lights in the sky. I was like, oh, maybe they are attached to wires to signal airplanes. But normally, if you have lights in the sky to signal airplanes, isn't it to prevent airplanes from hitting something? So there's no reason for there to just be three lights. The only plausible explanation is like maybe there were some mountains or some terrain being West Virginia and that I couldn't make out in the darkness. But like, and the lights are like telling the planes that they're too low. But this is when we realize we don't remember pulling over. We don't remember leaving the show. We don't remember driving. We don't know how long we drove at all. We remember being at the show. And then stopped, parked on the side of the road in our car looking at these lights. And then I, 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 we were very shaken up and scared by the light because they didn't make any sense. But it didn't dawn on me until years later that we were near Parkersburg, West Virginia. Now, bear with me explaining why that's relevant. In 1966... A man named Woodrow Derenberger was living in Mineral Wells, West Virginia. Mineral Wells is 10 miles from Parkersburg, give or take. Derenberger was a salesman returning from a trip to Marietta, Ohio, when he noticed lights ahead of him. He thought there were cops ahead, so those types of lights. But when he got up there, he said there was a parked aircraft. A man got out of the aircraft, a normal looking man except for a huge grin that didn't leave his face. The man told Woodrow, we wish you no harm, we wish you only happiness. And he told Derenberger that his name was Indrid Cold. So since that night, there have been dozens of reports since 1966 in the specific Parkersburg, West Virginia area of seeing lights. And despite this being the first time I've recorded this story, I think, I mean, I'm 100% a believer. I saw lights before knowing the history of this story. So when you connect the two things, I'm like, complete time loss. Don't, I can't fill in the gaps. No recollection, no memory. Parked my car on the side of the road for no reason. Don't remember doing so. Huge lights in the sky in an area where dozens of sightings have been reported. 
So spooky. Now, Injured Cold has also been linked to the Mothman. Mothman famously Point Pleasant, West Virginia, also in that area, not too far. I will let you, Pool Sceners, read the connection between Injured Cold and the Mothman. But please give me your thoughts. Let me know. Was I abducted by aliens? Abducted by aliens and wrestling. You had a lot going on there in the state of West Virginia. 57 past the hour. Back on the flip side, coast to coast.